This is the Three Skeevers Podcast. All right, episode nine of the Three Skeevers Podcast with Grim from Grim's Forge Gaming and myself, Icy, with Icy Fire Gaming. How you doing, Grim? Good. How are you? I am doing okay. I am really excited for the Markarth drop on November second. I want to say, does that count? Does that sound correct? Yeah, right around the corner. Yeah, not even. I think less than 10 days at this point. So that's going to be really exciting. So today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about leveling down in the Imperial City, which includes the sewers. And I will let you take us off, Grim. Yeah, so I had mentioned this in some other videos before that I level almost all my characters in a PvP atmosphere. And I really like to level my characters down in Imperial City. Uh, and it'll be down in the sewers, up in the districts, things like that. But uh, Icy's kind of um, taken that same approach as well, right? Like since we've met, there's been next to no PvE leveling. Yes, aside from the PvE that you experienced down in the sewers specifically, killing all of the Daedra, yeah, no, it's just been straight leveling down in the, in a PvP zone, yeah. Yeah, the EXP down there is underrated, and for me, the, I find it's pretty exciting for me to do PvE with the potential of PvP, you know? Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I've had multiple people ask me, hey, what's that look like? Or how, how do you do that? And I'd say, so as soon as you hit level 10, you can head down there to the sewers. And so what I'll do is I'll make sure that I have gear made for me every 10 levels. Level 10, I'll have purple gear, not the jewelry. The jewelry is usually white or green. But I'll have gear waiting for me at level 10, 20, 30, 40. And then, you know, when you hit CP, you'll hopefully have in-game gear, you know, decided on what you're going to run with. But at least level 10, 20, 30, and 40. And by doing that, you've got fresh gear waiting for you. Because there is a thing um, for low-level stat scaling if you're in purple gear and you're a low level character your stats are going to be really high like ridiculously high your weapon damage your spell damage your recoveries your max stats and everything higher than what you should expect in game in the in that same armor setup and it's different for different classes and different armor sets but it's in between like the level 30 to level 50 it's in between 30 and when you hit CP that the low-level scaling starts to equalize. And you'll notice around level 30 to level 50 that your stats will become less, your weapon damage will become less, or spell damage, and everything starts to come in line with what that armor set would look like if you were wearing it in-game. And um, this is just one of those things that I know to be true because I've done this over 60 times with different characters. And people will be like, why the hell would you do that? And I just had a conversation yesterday with somebody. And for me, it's not about the end game. I've got enough characters at end game. I have one of every class at end game, you know, of both stamina and magicka. 
it's more for me about the journey and to train people in PVP. I want to know what it's like to be a DK playing a specific style of gameplay. And at what point is there a curve for them? At what point do they become very strong because this ability becomes available? And so for every class, that's just kind of the journey that I wanted to take on. Also, um, I like the maturation process, learning that way. Um, there are classes that if I weren't good at them, I would start I would start playing that class and becoming better at that class through low levels. Um, and so anyways, what I like to do is have the gear set up and generally how the gear is set up. My, my kids are upstairs wrestling or something, but, uh, I don't know if you guys can hear that. Oh yeah, uh, I can hear it. <laughs> yeah. And it's the dogs going crazy and like the yeah. girls are wrestling. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, with the gear, I like to have it set up to where my jewelry, I have three pieces of jewelry and my helm and my shoulders are all one five piece. And then my other armor pieces are a second five piece. And then my weapons are, uh, I'm hitting the two piece bonus on the weapons. Okay. And by doing that, you can hit two five piece bonuses and you can hit a two piece bonus on your weapons and you can kind of mix and match um, the different armor sets and get exactly what you're trying to aim for. Now, I can tell you if you already have an idea of what armor sets that you want to wear in the game, okay? Like, let's say you want to wear Sheer Venom and Venomous Smite end game. Those armor sets have no max stats in them. Those armor sets have no recoveries in them. If you want to do yourself a favor, make sure that you're leveling in similar gear. Gear that doesn't have re re recoveries in it. Gear that doesn't have resistances in it. Gear that doesn't have max stats in it. So that way you get a true feel for what it's going to feel like as your um, low-level scaling starts falling off. You'll get a really good picture of what it's going to feel like before you even hit CP. And you might even come to the realization like, man, this isn't even viable or, you know, like this is just really hard. And I'm going to really rely on Sheer Venom and Venomous Smite's proc sets to carry me. I'm really going to rely on those, you know. So I would say that's some advice, but creativity you know it'll allow you to mix and match different armor sets and try new setups and that's pretty cool but um you want to make sure that before you go down there you have your armor crafted at least you know i'm on level 10 armor and i don't have to craft my level 20 until i hit 20 or i can have it ready to go and in my inventory whatever you choose um, but before you go to the sewers here's a couple here's a checklist Number one, make sure you have your Mundus Stone. I've made this mistake a lot, and I think Icy has too. Every single time. Yeah, you get, you know, it's like, heck yeah, Woot hit level 10, let's go PvP, and then you don't pick up a Mundus. So make sure you grab a Mundus. Um, make sure you that, that you have food. And food kind of falls into the same category as your gear sets. 
if you're going to be using Bewitched Sugar Skulls at endgame, you might as well use Bewitched Sugar Skulls through the leveling process. So you get a feel for what max stats with no recoveries and some extra health recovery, what that feels like. If you're going to be using Lava Foot Soup and Sultris, try and find a food that offers you similar, you know, things. And um, another thing that you want to do before you go to the sewers to start leveling is grab your fighter and mages guild. And this one's an easy one to forget to do. But it's very important because everything, for the most part, down in Imperial City Sewers and the districts is Daedra. And you can hit level 10 in your fighter guild very quickly just by killing mobs and leveling down there. Um, you'll, you'll most likely hit level 10 before you even hit CP in your fighter guild. And that's great, especially if you plan on using Dawnbreaker or um, Camo Hunter, you know, for your abilities so or whatever fighter guild abilities for that matter and that's an easy one to forget and IC just found out a couple days ago that if you do forget to do that and you spend a significant amount of time down there and then you realize I didn't start those and you go pick up those quests what what happened with that IC so for for the mages guild any any sort of book that you pick up you will it will still level up your Major's Guild once you start the quest line. But for the Fighter's Guild, if I've if I've leveled like Toon from 1 to 50, and it's took me several days, and you're killing a lot of Daedra throughout that process, and then you just realize to start your Fighter's Guild, all of those kills that you got over that time period will not carry over. And you'll be starting at level 1 with your Fighter's Guild. So try to remember to always pick those two skill lines up before you start leveling down there yeah and um so make sure you got your gear make sure that you start your fighters guild and mages guild make sure that you have a food that complements what you're trying to do with the build and make sure you have your munda stone and as long as you have those things then you're good to go i can tell you if you are a stamina character and you need access to vigor also um, the very first place you can go is go to um, Cyrodiil, and they have an option to where if you want to do like an introductory quest thing to Cyrodiil, where they'll send you over to train on some, they'll teach you how to use the siege and stuff like that, and they'll send you to talk to some people. Or you could bypass that and just go talk to the general or commander or whatever, and you'll be granted, you know, um, AP. And you will have completed your first, like, Cyrodiil quest. Just by completing that first quest, you'll have access to Vigor. And so you could have Vigor on your bar before going into your very first BG now. Or before going into your very first um, sewer or districts outing in Imperial City. So that's great. That That's a definitely a quality of life increase. We were always joking in the past, we'll be in low-level BGs. and standing next to a guy that's half dead you know and we're like looking at him like you gonna heal bro <laughs> you know yeah. and he looks over at you and says no vigor <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah so uh happens all the time you know well now you can get bigger right out the gate another thing too before you go down to the sewers not to make your list too big but we're giving you things that will give you a significant advantage is 
if you go to where the BG quests are given, your Battlegrounds quest givers, okay, for whatever faction you are, locate those before you go to Imperial City. Start the quest line, because for me, I always do my daily BG, bare minimum, because it's a lot of EXP, and it'll also kind of give you um, a good feel for where you're at in the moment with the build and with everything, like how you stack up against other people in the same boat for the most part, and that's always fun. But go start that quest, but right next to the quest giver is going to be a merchant and if you talk to that merchant she will sell some health potions some stamina potions and some magicka potions but if you look at those stamina and magicka potions they also have major brutality and major prophecy uh, or sorcery sorry attached to them so the magic ones have major sorcery and the stamina ones have major brutality so at level 10 you gain major brutality and because we were talking about that weird low level scaling superpower type thing mm -hmm. it's not just plus 20 percent on the major brutality like when you first pick those up at level 10 i think it reads like plus 26 percent damage output so it's pretty significant you could be a level 10 and have access to major brutality or major sorcery so always go and pick those up and i can tell you right now you'll to buy those you'll need ap so if you've got um alliance points already to spend um go ahead and go stop by your banker throw some ap on your new tune then go talk to them so you can purchase those potions but they're a difference maker an extra 26% damage output, 20% when scaling falls off, but it, that's a lot of extra damage. So, and in my battlegrounds, like the low-level teasers that I do videos, I get a lot of people who are like, how in the hell are you getting such high weapon damage? Well, it has to do with the two specific sets that I'm running, and it also has to do with the fact that I have access to um, a 20% or 26% major brutality in my potions, you know? So that's how I'm hitting 6,100 weapon damage on, you know, the Hulk when he was low level. And so that's a nice little trick, but I always take enough uh, alliance points that I, I, I try and aim to have 75 um, of those potions on me at all times. Now, here's the deal. 75 potions might get me from level 10 to level 15. And then at level 15, if you revisit that merchant, there's level 15 potions available. If you revisit her at level 20, there's level 20 potions. And so I always upgrade my potions, like sell the ones. I don't want to buy too many, and I also don't want to run out. But figuring out that sweet spot um so you don't have a lot of excess that you sell and you just lost ap on but anyways every five levels pick up more of those potions and they're super valuable and i'll level off of those potions almost exclusively i do carry around the tripod potions that you get for quest rewards and stuff um if i'm in a pinch and i'm not worried about my spell or weapon damage i just need to get resources i'll use those but 
Um, did you know about that vendor, IC? I did not. This is new information to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So low level, right at level 10, go talk to that person and pick those up. And it's they're super powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and so once you get those potions and you got your gear ready to go, you got your Mundus, you got your food, you got your Fighters Guild and your Mages Guild, you're ready to start leveling. And you'll go to the sewers and you can do the initial quest when you get down there and that'll give you a good jump. You might even get a level or two of EXP when you do that. And um, things to notice, um, let's talk about which sewer to go to. Um, CP versus no CP. What's your take on this first, Icy? Did you, oh, before we jump into that, can I go over my gear preferences real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I know you were saying earlier when you make your, when you're leveling down here, it's a good idea to try to have gear that's going to be very similar to what you're going to be running endgame. Yeah. And you might not always know that too. So, right. So, what I like to do is I just have default gear that I will run on all my characters no matter what. And for me, I use Shacklebreaker New Moon as my two five-piece sets, and I usually run those on my body pieces and jewelry. And then my two-piece, my third gear set, which would just be a two-piece, I'll be using Stunes. And this gear set I use on either Magicka or Stamina characters because they have parts that will affect both your Magicka and Stamina weapon damage and spell damage and stunes as a two-piece its first line or it's the two line item says increase your weapon and spell damage by x amount i think it's like 129 or whatever so that's what i run on all my characters and i think you said that you use that you create gear levels 10 20 30 and 40 mm -hmm. did you want to talk about or just get into the specifics of that testing that we did with if you have everything all the same level or value so say if you're running all purples including the jewelry you can actually extend that drop off rate to maybe level 24 or 25 where it's not as bad because yeah. i think that's i think that's important to know um uh, sorry i'll let you talk about the results and then i'll then i'll share my what i do yeah, so you what we found is like if you make purple gear, I can tell you that right around level eight, you start feeling a drop off. You'll notice that your weapon damage or spell damage will go down every time you level. Your stats, overall stats will go down, your recoveries and everything every time you level. But it's and, right around level and, and when you say level eight, we're talking you're we're, we're running level ten gear at level ten, and then once you get to level eighteen. So yeah. eight levels after the yeah. baseline. Yep. Once you have eight levels in to a specific gear, so by the time you hit 18 wearing that level 10 gear, you'll you'll start feeling it. Yeah, you'll feel that your weapon damage, things will be dying a little slower. If you were to run into a player, it's going to be a fight. You know, it's going to be a tougher fight. If they ran into you right out the gate, um, let's not say level 10 because at level 10, I don't think you're going to the sewers with, you don't even have access to your second bar, you know, and you don't have access to your final form, like what abilities and rotation and everything. Mm -hmm. But if they run into you at level 30 and you had fresh level 30 gear on, you have a high chance of mopping them because 
of that low level scaling. They're they're trying to put damage in you, and a lot of people complain about it. You know, they're like freaking low level scaling, blah blah blah, and it's like get good, bro. By a lobby, you know. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. So what we found is this, and you can find other documents or other reports out there on this, but white gear degrades quicker. So the stats on white gear degrades quicker than the stats on purple gear. So you can wear purple gear longer than you can wear white gear. Okay. Also, let's say you're wearing a five piece and let's say it's the five piece that you've got the three jewelry and you decide to keep your jewelry white and then you're running with the helm and shoulders and you're making those purple. The way of armor works is it's going to take a balance of all of those or an average quality value, um, we'll say. And so if you got three whites and two purples, then that's going to be somewhere. And when by the time it averages out, your overall stats for that five piece are going to be in the blue range, if that makes sense. And so... This is where you kind of have to decide, do I invest a serious amount of money into having, if I've got a lot of character slots or this is what I do, I plan on just leveling characters over and over. It's not about the end game. It's about the journey, you know, then I'm going to invest a significant amount of money into uh, my jewelry. They're not going to be white. They're going to be blue or purple, you know, and I want to be statistically an absolute beast that steps onto the battlefield. A demigod has stepped onto the battlefield. And so that's one of the things we found out is you'll have less um, degrading of stats the higher quality your armor is. Yes. And with that, so you're running usually purple gear for your body pieces and weapons and then you'll have did you say green or blue jewelry yeah i'll normally go green or blue if okay yeah if i know that i'm going to be chaining a bunch of bgs off um and trying to get footage i'll probably go blue blue jewelry so half of it might be stats and then the other half of it might just be you know you just put on your brand new nikes you know, as you go to play basketball. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So with all purple setup, and then we'll say blue jewelry, that'll last you about ten levels safely. Before once you get to level ten, it'll be a hard drop off. What I do personally, I have all my gear golded out. So I'm talk, we're talking level ten gear, golded out. Okay, I spent the tempering alloys, drag wax, all that stuff. And this will actually get me, except for my jewelry, I do have purple jewelry. I didn't, I didn't want to spend over $1 million for level 10 jewelry, okay? But gold gear, gold weapons, purple jewelry, that'll get me to level 26, okay? Yeah. And then I do the same thing at level 26, gold gear, gold weapons, purple jewelry. That'll get me to level 40, and then I ride that out to 50. So now Grim would have about... I think it's seven body pieces plus three jewelry is 10 plus whatever weapons. So we'll, we'll say usually 13, 13 items per level. So 13 times four is what? Uh, 26, 39, 52 item slots for three, for four sets of gear. And I'm only using up 39, about 39 
item slots for gear. So then now that allows me to obviously just save more space. And we're just talking in terms of storage for your for your bank or whatever sort of coffer you might have. I know I actually have a coffer that just says leveling tunes and I have all my leveling gear at 10, 26 and 40. But I could almost I could almost say that if I had everything golded out, I could just have two sets of training gear, one at level 10, one at level 30, 100% all gold, golded out and I'd be okay. I'd be able to yeah. make it you know, those extra four levels from 26 to 30 and not be hit as hard as the drop-off. Or the drop-off would be equivalent to level 20 with only 10 gear, but having things at a much lower value. Yeah, so, and and the purpose of that would be to get to end game quick. If you're going to put training on the gear, you're racing through the journey to get to end game because that's where a lot of other people, there's a lot of people that say, well, the game doesn't start until you're end game. You know, and because I have so many characters already at end game and geared, I want to go back and enjoy the journey. And so that's what I do is the leveling process. But yeah, the drop off on gear, you can, how many levels do you get out of your gear as long as it's gold, you think? 20, 25? With my setup, with everything gold except for my jewelry being 15. purple, that gets me an extra six levels. Yeah, so 16 levels. You can level 16 levels before it becomes kind of unbearable and not worth running that gear anymore. Time to run the next. And so those are all important things to know how to handle your gear. I do think that Shackle Breaker New Moon is one of the best combos for leveling. A lot of my videos are done in that. And then I have some extreme videos where I run um, Clever Alchemist and New Moon together when I want to hit 6k weapon damage or spell damage um, for like hulk smash or whatever um but for the most part i almost used to always level in um shackle breaker new moon now another thing too is let's say you know the end game you're going to be a medium armor wearer wearer um and i would recommend maybe you're going to do a 511 or a 52 so you're going to have five medium and one heavy and one light because you know that you're going to have undaunted passives or whatever but for pvp purposes i would do a five two five medium two heavy but while i'm leveling the one of the most i'll say the two most important medium armor passives the first one's going to be the second passive down that gives you stamina regen okay but the most important one is going to be the agility passive, which is second to bottom. And it takes quite a while to get to that one. You don't see an increase in weapon damage wearing medium armor until you start unlocking the, that agility passive. So you might as well be wearing heavy. You might as well wear five heavy, two medium. And what will happen is by the time you hit right around level 30, just by wearing two medium armor, pieces you'll level your medium armor up high enough to where agility passive becomes available and then at that point around level 30 you could decide do i want to stay five heavy to medium or do i want to go five medium to heavy and start really investing into the weapon damage you know so between level 30 to 50 your weapon damage starts coming online your resistances become less your crit value goes up if you're a stamina wearer 
And um, for for Magicka, I would say um, as far as light armor goes, if you know end game, you're going to be a, a five light armor or a seven light. You're a sorcerer. You don't care about heavy armor or whatever. I, even on my sorcerer, I do five light too heavy just because I, I like the first three heavy armor passives um they help you be a beefier sorcerer but um you might as well level those characters um in a five to five heavy to light scenario if you're going to be leveling in the sewers there's a likelihood that you're going to run into another player at some point they're going to try and gank you or whatever and um, a lot of people find the mechanics of the banners and the mechanics of the bosses down there difficult. So even if you're a light armor wearer, you might as well be running heavy, five heavy, two light, uh, until you get to a point like around level 30 or so that your ability bars start representing more of like what you're going to be when you grow up. <laughs> and it makes sense to jump to, you now have your armor bonus, your armor buff. You know what I mean? If you don't have access to your armor buff in some classes, like a Templars, Stamplars, and Magplars, they only get their armor buff until one of the very last passives that you unlock. Um, or one of the last abilities, I mean, uh, in one of their trees. And so that's crazy. They don't have an armor buff until late. You know, you might as well be running heavy. You might as well be running uh, heavy for a while until you get that unlocked. It's just the way it is, you know. And so that's something I take into account um, is what I should be wearing. What did you make your gear, your gold gear, I see? Do you remember? So since I have all my gear set up, as a one-time thing, I don't plan on making any more training gear. Everything is set up as heavy, five heavy, two light. I've got training gear on everything. I run max stamina chance with robust jewelry and stamina recovery. So even on my Magicka tunes, they still run this setup because I'll be putting 64 points in the Magicka while I'm leveling. My Mundus will be Magicka recovery or anything Magicka based. So then I'm getting my stuff that i need there but also having the high stamina allows me to sprint all the time it allows me to break free roll dodge that type of thing so i i kind of like having it with uh you know, i guess it really just comes down to personal preference but to me if if and the way I, the reason why i chose having all these stamina bonuses on my gears because if i'm a, if i'm on a on a stamina character and i have magicka bonuses max magicka with magicka recovery and the arcane trait i if i'm on a stamina class and i don't have any magical abilities what what the heck's the point of that Be yeah. no matter what type of class you are stamina will always be of value to you but i think on there's some tunes like say a, necro, a stamina necromancer your only magic ability is going to come from beckoning armor or something like that, which only costs, what, 3k Magicka, and that's it, and I have a 30k Magicka pool, doesn't really make too much sense there. So Right, and a lot of your classes that you're leveling are support-based, um, which means most of their abilities are block-cast-capable, which mm -hmm. means you're going to need a bigger stamina pool and some stamina re uh, regen. So Yeah, so for me, no matter what type 
of resource-based class I'm using, I'm good on either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now that we got the gear all situated, let's talk about how I use battlegrounds. If you're going to be doing your daily battlegrounds, I think it's important to do your daily battlegrounds and start that process early at low levels. The reason being is um, low-level battlegrounds are a lot more forgiving because most of your opponents won't have full gear sets. They might not have any just random stuff they picked up. They are not their final form, so they don't have abilities on their bar that they might be using otherwise. And so because of that, you're running into um, a situation versus other low-level characters that aren't able to line their burst up properly or don't have the gear stats that you will have going in there. Like, I don't know how many low-level... it. I see if you and I were playing against each other in a low-level BG and we didn't know each other and you felt like I was hitting you really hard and you messaged me and you said, what is my weapon damage? And I said, 6,200. <laughs> Would you like that's almost unbelievable, right? Yeah, 6200 and you're freaking level 12. What, yeah, knowing what I know now, I would easily be able to understand, but I, without the knowledge I have, I assume you were hacking or cheating, and I would have submitted a report right then and there. Yeah, yeah, and so here I am on Hulk Smash running around with 6100 weapon damage, you know, when Clever's up and everything's procced and just chunking on people, you know? And, and, and the funny part is about that, obviously with the knowledge I have now, when people normally make training gear, they just say, hey, can somebody just make me regular training gear? And they just go to a crafting station that doesn't have any set bonuses. And then yeah. there you go, you're done. So yeah. it is what it is, but you can actually make end game gear for a lower level and you're going to be flying through the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. Make so. your life easier. You know, if you're going to do your dailies, but if you're going into BGs and learn using them as a learning tool to get better at PVP, you might as well be running two five piece sets and a two piece set on your weapons, you know, like we talked about, but um, you can develop so many good tactics in your daily battlegrounds that will help you with your adventuring in the sewers, too. How to fight outnumbered, how to fight 1v1. And a common thing that I run into is uh, I always ask people, how are your nerves? As soon as combat begins, how are your nerves? Do you, Are you fumbling through hitting buttons? Do you get rattled a little bit? Do you feel your pulse quicken? You know, these are very common things. These are actually common things that I run into in combat sports too. Athlete, this happens for athletes, happens for fighters. And we just have to subject them to, while doing it safely, but we need to subject them to whatever that pressure point is or whatever that thing is that puts them in that mindset over and over again and kind of numb that response to where it's not, ex it's not that it's not exhilarating, but they can put all of that to the side and they can function efficiently. And so the same thing that happens with combat sports and real fighting, that same me mental mindset is applied to training people in PVP. 
And so I would say just kind of dueling regularly and finding good people to duel with, you know, that aren't, aren't going to crush you just uh, ridiculously over and over again. That's not helping you. That's uh, hurting you, you know, and, and feeding their ego. Um, so you need to be dueling with people that understand how to bring you along for the ride. But these are all things that through the course of just leveling in the sewers, you should be pursuing if you want to be good at PvP and you want to increase the likelihood that those random encounters that you have with players go your way. This, these are all baby steps or things that you need to be doing. So do you remember that time frame, Icy, for you? Like when you first, because I, I have a funny story. Uh, um, not too long ago, Icy's literally, we're running the sewers and running into people and he's literally falling asleep. And it wasn't always that way. You know? <laughs> he's literally, we're outside a room and there's like, I don't know, maybe 10. Um, I don't remember if it was DC or AD, but there's like 10 DC in the next room. Was that the and one with Papa was here with us? I think it was you, me, and... Yeah, because Papa flanked them. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I think they were about... Yeah, yeah 10, you, 10 DC. Yeah, 10 DC. You, you asked Papa, you said, how do you feel about flanking him? And he goes, yeah, I'll do that. So he ran all the way through the sewers, and he was en route to flank them and come in on the other side. And so I'm going through my checklist. Food's good, potions are good, whatever. And I'm like, you ready, Icy? And you're like, oh, I'm already in here <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. He, he was already in amongst all 10 of them you know fighting and drawing attention or whatever and then and then papa and i just come in from two different sides of the room and it was just like game over so but do you remember when the nerves weren't like that though <laughs> it's kind of hard to say because e even now the nerves hit me sometimes but i think it was even just two days ago when we were fighting that EP Nightblade when we were leveling our people on DC side. My nerves yeah. were still going a little bit crazy, but just because I think it I think it starts to once the battlefield gets a little chaotic because we introduced a banner into the fight to help us kill this 810 CP guy while we're still level 20, 25 or whatever and then the banner's here putting more pressure on all of us and then he got you and then now I'm running for my life trying to survive and I'm being chased all around the sewers and stuff so my heart's my heart's beating like crazy and all that kind of stuff so it happens every it doesn't happen all the time as much as it did in the beginning because I remember that feeling all the time whenever a player showed up <laughs> and I can hear my heartbeat like in my head or whatever yeah. so hey um, by the way I don't remember the name of that EP Nightblade, but I'm on a level 18 character. My gear is about eight levels outdated. He kills me. I'm on a level 18 char character. He kills me and then teabags me. And I, I will find you. I will find you. Just so you know. Anyways, <laughs> I, I'm playing over on DC just so I can find that guy. So... That's all I got for that. Nerve, the nerves still hit me, and I'm not sure when. It was just kind of gradual, where the more you know, the maturation, the maturation process, where you put more time into it, and then they just slowly wither away, and you don't even notice the fear that you had before. Yeah, that's a, such an important time frame, I think, for 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 all of that. It, 
what happens is uh, after those nerves are a little bit subsided, you're not fumbling through buttons or whatever, then I think things become a little bit more clear. You start noticing non-performance a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, abso- absolutely, yeah. And I know now, even when... It's kind of funny because I guess the more experience you have with something, then you see things at a much slower... Well, I guess you're seeing it at a fa- at a slower rate or faster rate. It appears slower to you because you can see everything that's going on. So I always think that's pretty fascinating. Even when we have these banner fights, obviously we fought the fire banner hundreds of times at this point. So I know almost everything he's going to do. You can fight a banner without taking any damage, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that applies both to combat sports and in game too. You were talking about it kind of slowing down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say if, I don't know how many people have actually stood at the plate when somebody's thrown a hundred mile per hour fastball, right? That's super fast. Do you think you could hit a hundred mile per hour fastball? I don't think I could. <laughs> I I I, th- I think if I was at bat, <laughs> I think I would just like ah, drop the yeah. bat and just like oh crap, don't hit me. Please. Yeah, wouldn't even know. It. You just hear the slap and it's the ball in the mitt. You know, the catcher had already caught it. And then I'm at that point, I drop the bat and be like, oh crap, I don't want to be out here, man. Yeah, just, at the highest level though, you know, the guys that um they're able to see the laces on the ball. You know, they're able to tell you. You know, like it just time and everything slows down. Same for boxing and kickboxing. If you've never done boxing or kickboxing before, as punches are coming into you, um, they come in very quickly and you flinch a lot, you cover up, you inadvertently close your eyes um, as strikes are coming in. And then after a while, um, those punches seem to start to slow down a little bit and you start reading the telegraph. You can see the shoulder move a little bit you can see the weight transfer as the strikes coming in and you start to be able to not worry about flinching not worry about the actual contact you actually start reacting so just a simple slip to the side or a simple bob and weave or a simple defensive move with your hand and um like a parry or wasp wasp lick and so um it's the same way in the game things start to slow down the more you see it. And that's why I think subjecting yourself to battlegrounds and doing your dailies along this road and dueling with the right people along the way make those random encounters uh, so much more enjoyable. So uh, there's just a a maturation process to it, right? Mm -hmm. So... um, at some point, you're going to have to decide whether you want to do CP Imperial City or no CP Imperial City. I can tell you that uh, no CP Imperial City is absolutely brutal. And here's why. If you take into account, like I spend uh, all my time on CP Imperial City. And I have, you know, I'm capped out at 810 CP. I think I have like 1200, 1300 CP or something. I don't know. but. Um, I'm at 810 CP. If at 810 CP, these banner bosses and regular bosses are hitting me hard, what do you think they're going to do if I lose all my champion points and I go into no CP? Like, it's rough. It's really rough. And I don't know what their intentions were with no CP. 
first CP. Now you can do builds like a no CP build is set up with high recoveries, you know, like whatever you're building for in battlegrounds with recoveries and able to ex stay in the fights that might do a little better in no CP Imperial City. But for the most part, you might as well just go to CP Imperial City, even if you're only CP 50. That's 50 more CP or 50 more points that will make you just a little bit stronger versus those mobs versus no CP. You know, now the only time that I think you should bounce back and forth between should I be in CP or no CP is if you keep going into no CP or you keep going into CP, sorry, and there's just hunters out there. There's, you know, say you're an EP player and DC and AD are just sitting at your door killing everyone that comes out, you know, well then maybe check out uh, no CP at that point. Like, that's where you want to be. You want to be in Imperial City leveling, and you just simply can't do it. But do you, what's your thoughts on that? I see the CP versus no CP. Yeah, I agree. I personally hate no CP. Everything hits harder. It feels like you do no damage. And if it takes you about a minute to kill a banner, it's going to take you about five minutes to kill a banner. It, it just feels forever, and everything feels incredibly slow there. So I know when I was level, leveling Lyra, my man, my Mandalorian, sh back in earlier 2020, I think we were we kept bouncing between CP and no CP, and it was at that point I realized, am I doing less damage down here? Am I doing, am I taking more damage? Why are things so much harder to do in no CP? So ever since then I have not been back. And I don't plan on ever going back. <laughs> right. I, I hate no CP so much. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Until next patch notes come out and they're like, oh, by the way, we're getting rid of CP Imperial City and we're changing it no CP. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's not even funny to laugh at. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Lord. Might sounds awesome. <laughs> Might sounds good. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> while you're down in Imperial City, um, let's talk about the levels of Imperial City first, just so you can understand where you should probably go for leveling first. So, and what we're talking about is the sewers versus the districts. And each um, faction has its own base. And at your base, um, you can travel from your base through an intricate sewer system to the middle, um, where each faction has an intricate sewer system that travels and they all collide or uh, come together at the middle circle where Moloch Ball can be spawned by killing portals and stuff. And the way I like to view it is this, and I have had this conversation with people before, but the sewers is a great starting point to go level because there are days where you might not have any encounter with another pl enemy player a player character, and you're just farming EXP, farming key fragments, which we'll talk about, and farming Telvar, and getting drops or loot from creatures. So you're making money. Like, all these things equate to you making money in the game while you're leveling, and that's great. And um, so because the sewers could potentially function that way, um, it makes it the easiest... Um, 
to step into a PVP environment. You might run into one person or two people uh, along the way, but for the most part, it was just you versus the environment, right? And you're just leveling along as you go. And for me, I like that. That's exciting, the potential of combat versus another player while I'm leveling or while I'm trying to make money. And the that's the baseline for what sewers could be. You could treat sewers a little differently. And the next step up, like a level two, is you're a player hunter in the sewers. And those are probably the people that come knocking looking for you when you're leveling. But player hunters, they aren't so much worried about killing the bosses or the banners uh, as much as they are finding other players and killing them. And there's not a lot of those out, but I can tell you this, your my, your mindset or your mentality should be that if you are in your sewer system, you're between your base and the middle, Molag Ball, if you see an enemy player, someone with a different colored chevron than you, they're in the wrong neighborhood. They're They're not there to make friends. And you should, more times than not, don't, don't um, try and not fight them. Don't let them go. I've had scenarios where I've let someone go because I thought I was being a good guy. And uh, this is a true story, which I've told before, but uh, I was on my Blackbeard Magicka Knight or Magicka DK, and I ran into a low level person leveling, maybe level 30 or whatever. And when I didn't outright attack them at the start, but I went up on them like to startle them or whatever, you know, because I thought that was funny. And they just stood there staring at me and I stood there staring at them. And then I did like this nod or bow or whatever. And I just went into the next room and started gathering up mobs. And as I have all these creatures on me and I'm killing them all, that low level character comes in the room and drops a meteor on me <laughs> and kills me. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you this, low-level characters grow up to be big-level characters. So if you see a lobby, just kill them like everyone else if they're in your neighborhood. And um, for the most part, there shouldn't be any mercy. And if you follow that mindset, um, don't worry about their name. Don't worry about who they are. If they're in the wrong neighborhood, just kill them. Okay? Um, that's a great mindset to have. And f for this game, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, you should. <laughs> like, holy crap, Grim Savage! <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, yeah. If you're down in the sewers, though, you run into enemy player, uh, shoot first, ask questions later. Okay. Yeah. And um, but so that's your your first two levels. Your first level is I'm just going to kill all the bosses, all the banners and just kill the mobs, farm Telvar that way. And the random people that we come across, will kill them. Second le level is I'm going to player hunt. You know, they're out there collecting my Telvar. They don't know it, but we're going to go gather my Telvar from them, you know, and that's how they make money and their level of enjoyment. And those people generally will be in the enemy sewers you know, their area or their side. So now there are sky shards and there are lore books and there are achievements for killing bosses in the sewers and killing all the banners. Don't try and justify or reason why this person is in your neighborhood 
when you're playing Imperial City in the sewers. If they're a low-level person, go, don't say to yourself, oh, well, they're just here for sky shards. They are until they drop a meteor on you. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. they, they are until they grow up. You know, they hit CP and then now they think it's okay to come back over to your side. And so um, I think you need to protect your area, protect your sewers and keep the enemy factions out of there. So, um, but the third stage is going up to the districts. And when you get to the districts, you'll run into the more coordinated groups. You'll run into people that um, understand how to ult dump, they're geared appropriately, they're capturing the districts and they're getting the bonuses from the districts or killing world bosses. If you own the districts, you get a plus 33% to Telvar gains. And so they'll capture the districts, kill every, you know, all um, newcomers or anyone that comes to try and fight. And they'll go around killing the world bosses. And there's a significant amount of Telvar that can be made by just dominating the districts and killing world bosses and just making a, a loop around every district, you know, either clockwise or counterclockwise. And uh, so that would be level three. That's the sweaty level. You know, we're going to run into some serious PVPers and we're going to be able, we're going to have to hang. And um, so if you're just starting the level sewers, I'd say don't go up to the districts, you know, do yourself a favor and start in the sewers. If you're looking for fights, you can get fights. Don't level in your sewers, EP side or DC side, go level in the enemy's sewers. You're probably going to run into someone, you know, and a lot of people you find out don't even travel outside of the starting area of the, their sewers because there's like zones like three zones in before you get to the middle and a lot of really fresh pvpers or people to the area will just come to the first zone and just keep clearing it and running a loop over and over again and so if you're looking for fights but also not trying to get too sweaty going up top just go level in the other sewers so you know it's kind of funny because Obviously, we've seen a lot of new players, and I even remember myself when I would go down there in our early days when you weren't there. I would just do loops right there. I'd do one loop, go back, bank, come back out, do another loop, bank. And just looking at, you know, over the last 10 months, whatever, that's probably the most dangerous position to, to stay in because each first zone on all three bases the ladders from the districts are both in those zones where mm -hmm. enemy players are always dropping down looking for people to fight. So if anything, you'd be safer in the next zone after the first zone. Absolutely. To do the, your, and to and do the best loop. leveling areas are in the second wing as well for mm -hmm. all three factions. So Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of interesting how yeah. you, know, you see majority of players just farming the first loop and then that's where you see majority of the player kills as well i think because people just like to hunt in those areas looking for newbies and stuff yeah um yeah so that's the sewers versus district start out in the sewers and maybe just be a level one you know pvp or down there killing mobs and the random people you run into then try and be a level two, which is you're a player hunter. You're going to go to the enemy's side of the sewers and look for players and, you know, 
going to pick a fight, you know, go do that. And then the level three is maybe you're running with a group of friends and you want to see what you guys can do. Go up top and figure it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you had talked about banking. I think that if there were two of the most important advices to give for people, one of them would be what the very first advice would be how to bank your Telvar. You just go up to the banker, you hit um, uh, deposit currency, and then you can actually hit the little down arrow and scroll and choose Telvar and you can deposit your Telvar. I personally, if you're not dying often, if you're not dying often, at least keep a thousand Telvar on you. A thousand Telvar will put you at the three times modifier amount and you'll gain three times the amount of Telvar as you're killing mobs. That's if you're not dying a lot. If you keep running into people over and over again, you know, and they're killing you or whatever, maybe you want to bank more regularly. And so go to the banker and deposit your Telvar. Bare minimum, though, try and keep 100 on you because 100 Telvar on you puts a, you at the one times modifier. So you're at least making more Telvar per kill and it starts growing really quickly. But for me, I like to keep uh, 1,000 Telvar on me. That'll put me at the three times modifier and I grow Telvar very quickly. If you're running Imperial F- Physique armor set, it requires 10K Telvar to get the five piece bonus. Um, so you'll just need that 10k Telvar on you to get all those additional stats and you're at the four times modifier then. But uh, three times modifier is very nice and you can make a lot of Telvar along the way. Um, the second thing I see will tell you that we see this all the time and that's how to get out of the sewers. <laughs> and you don't. You, you don't. <laughs> you live there forever. <laughs> I still have not seen my parents. <laughs> Yeah, how many times do we see people in zone chat? How the heck do we get out of this place? Oh man, countless, countless times. Yeah, and it's pretty simple. If you want to get out of the sewers, the same way that you go into the sewers, like there's a doorway that says sewer entrance or whatever, it's usually right when you zone in, you're going to be in this room. And one doorway will lead you into the sewers. And if you pull up your map, you'll know which door that is. The opposite door leads you out of the sewers. And if you go through that door, wherever you were at when you first zoned into the sewers, that's where you'll go back to. So that's where your exit's at. Um, your exit is right across from the sewer entrance door, um, unless there is a little side door. If you're standing at the little side door, that's different. But so. I think I think if you look on the map, there might be an arrow that points there, but I think people need the word exit. I think that's what on they the need. Map. On yeah. the map, yeah. yeah. Totally, yeah. Um, let's talk about different uh, currency types down in the sewers. So the first one is Telvar we talked about, and you get that from killing mobs. If you were a player and you were killed, you lose half your Telvar. If you kill another player, you gain half their Telvar. And if you're in a group of people, then it's divided amongst everybody and so on. But And you uh, also get alliance points as well. You get you alliance players. points as well. And you get alliance points when you capture a district too. Um, so that's good to know. And I believe that you get the, oh, what's the bonus for capturing the districts? Continuous uh, attack. Continuous attack. Thank you. 
And um, but as far as currency types, so you get Telvar, you make gold, and you'll get a lot of random drops through from mobs. So when you go down there, make sure you have plenty of empty bag space. But as you're killing mobs, you're going to get these intricates, I think they're called, or um, ornates are the gold ones. Ornates, yeah. That you'll get a lot of intricates and ornates. But anyways, they'll sell anywhere from like. 80 to 288 gold a piece at the vendor and so if you've got 50 slots of ornates or intricates or whatever like you can make i was with a guy that had full bag space and he made over 10k gold in one 30 minute run that we were going around killing things and people and he come back and sold all the crap in his bag and he had 10k gold just from that he was like holy cow you know so yeah that's just with I think if I if I emptied out everything and that leaves me with about maybe 30, 30 inventory that I have on my person before we leave out there at a two ten bag space that's at least a hundred and seventy a hundred and eighty items that you can collect out in the sewers and then mm -hmm. now that you're selling oh man yeah I think I usually average whenever we go out there yeah five ten k. Yeah. Another uh, currency or another thing that you'll pick up along the way is called key fragments. And the key fragments um, are used to create keys for White Gold Tower or Imperial City Prison. Just inside those dungeons, there's a trophy vault and the key frags are converted to um, trophy vault keys that you open and you'll get two random purple items from that dungeon. And it's complete RNG what those items could be. But if you need um, Sheer Venom or if you need Spell Power Cure or you need um, whatever these different armor sets that drop from those dungeons, the key frags are your way to access those. You can sell a stack of key frags. A stack is 200 key fragments. You can sell those right now, I think, for 38,000 gold a piece. And you get key fragments almost from every creature that you kill you know so getting a full stack of key frags is not very hard at all selling it for 38 gold pretty easy and um with your telvar take your telvar there's going to be a telvar general merchant down there in the sewers go to the telvar general merchant and just purchase the hacky joe um it's an enchanting glyph um, or rune, I should say. It's an enchanting rune that's used um, most notably for the prismatic defensive uh, prismatic tristat enchants for armor or the onslaught um, offensive, you know, um, enchant for weapons. Okay, you can use that hacky joe for either of those. But those roughly sell for 16k a piece. And for me, I put three, I sell three together um i sell them in groups of three for 50k and so you get enough telvar to purchase one hacky joe is 5k telvar and you come across telvar i think i might have around 170 200k telvar saved up so it's about time for me to start purchasing those and selling them at my guild trader but uh so you make a lot of money selling keyfrex you make a lot of money selling ha the hacky joe rune and another thing that you could do is all the way at the bottom of the Telvar General Merchant is a apothecary's parcel bag 
that has a bunch of enchanting regents in it. Um, and so you might open one of those and, and find six Columbine, six Bug Loss, six whatever, or there might be two Columbine, two Bug Loss, two, and like several, but two of them. And so ra instead of wandering around, um, you know, just random zones, picking random flowers, just go down there and drop your Telvar and just get tons and tons of enchanting regents right there. And so you can sell those enchanting regents. I don't know what the going rate on Columbine for a stack of 200 is, but it's up there, you know, so you could sell those and make money. Yeah, I've got yep. some PvE -er friends that do that after the IC event that was in early September. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were just buying those apothecary bags and just going crazy with the alchemy ingredients and stuff. Yeah, there's some armor sets down there too that you can use your Telvar to purchase. And the armor sets sell pretty well on the uh, guild traders as well. And so you could pull up like Shield Breaker and see what the going rates for Shield Breaker items are. You could pull up Phoenix. You could pull up Harbinger. Everybody's like in a Harbinger kick right now. Let's let's run Harbingers. It's funny watching people kill themselves trying to attack me. But um, those armor sets sell really well like, right now. So you could always go that route as well. Um, oh, I, I even bought one of those. I'm not sure if it's a motif, but those... Zivakin. Oh, Zivkin. Yeah. Zivkin, yeah. I think it was a rune box or something. It cost mm -hmm. it cost about 250k Telvar. Mm -hmm. I bought one of those just to see what would happen and I sold it for about 800k. Yeah. Yeah, between 800 and 750k, somewhere around there. It might have been like 770 or something like that after taxes. But yeah, it didn't sell immediately. It did sell after a couple days but that was a nice chunk of cash that i got in my mail then you know a couple days later so that was pretty sweet right yeah and so those zifkin uh motifs down there sell really well as well and then um so you have multiple ways that you could potentially make money down there in the sewers and that's all a byproduct of just being down there and leveling right if your initial reason for going down there is exp and leveling your character and maybe the potential excitement of running into another player like i i make between a million to two million gold a week down there when i'm in my leveling mode you know i'm down there leveling somebody and i'm not trying to burn through levels you know i'm just down there leveling and or playing um but between a million to two million gold is what i expect to make down there and it, it so that's pretty good um some of the best ways to make exp down there are going to be portals there's going to be these portals that the uh um daedra come out of or they're standing guard at and if you kill the portal and then hit the little um key at the end of it um, you'll get a big boost of EXP. So make sure you're on whatever bar, your front bar or back bar, and that'll be the bar that you get the EXP for if you're trying to level abilities and stuff or unlock abilities. That's smart. And then the other thing is chests. There's a lot of chests down there uh, that have Telvar and a bunch of random goodies in them. Make sure you position, you buff up before you open unlock a chest and 
make sure that you position yourself to where you can see the doors um, as you're opening the chest. So the deal is when you're unlocking the chest, you will not, you'll lose field of vision. But after you pick, successfully pick the lock and you're looking at the whatever's in there, you can actually see a little bit in front of you. You have a little bit of field of vision. And so if you saw someone come around the corner, you can hit escape and disengage from the chest and start fighting. And so always position yourself to where you can see um, ahead of you. And IC has a really cool ledger main uh, video that shows you how to level your ledger main. And he takes virtually no time opening chests. He just pops them open and then on to the next. So, yeah, I can make sure we have that in the description below for anybody interested in maxing out their ledger domain to relatively quickly. And so you can just get that force lock passive to 100%. Yeah. Now, when you're running into... Um... Oh, I, I will say, though, during since we're talking about the leveling process, you will... Uh, I'm trying to think. What's the best way? Well, usually when I'm leveling down here, I am doing them one at a time. But after we hit CP and stuff like that, then I'll level up Ledger Domain uh, on its own. So, yeah. Because I think... I've never really noticed if I get XP once we're CP from chests. You probably still do. Yeah, you get EXP for sure popping chests open as you're leveling. With Force Lock, though? I don't know about with Force Lock. I've never I, done it before. I'm not as cool as you. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm one of the only locksmiths in Tamriel. But yeah. honestly, I don't think... Uh, well, okay, hold on. I'm confusing lock picking like experience in general versus the lock picking XP tree. If you force a lock open, you will not gain lock picking experience, but you will gain regular experience. Okay. That's all I got. You keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't open the chests too, by the way, this has come up a couple of times in the last day or two, but the only time I open the chest is when I'm down there solo. Um, because it's about the Telvar gain, and for me, when I'm solo, I'm unless I'm hunting somebody. If I'm down there with a purpose, then I run past all of that. You know, I'm on my way to find that person. So, um, but if I'm just out there milling around or whatever, I actually use a chest. But I, if I'm ever partied up or grouped up with anyone, they can have all the chests. I don't really care about it when I'm in a group, and I just kind of watch their back. Um, and more times than not, too, <clears throat> when I'm in a group with someone, um, it might be a training scenario or something like that, and they need the additional Telvar that they gain. Um, and because, you know, they're dying every once in a while, the banners are dying to whatever it is. And so that additional Telvar from the chests help kind of bridge the gap. And so I don't have a problem giving those up, but, um, yeah, so the chests are pretty cool. And there's, um, another way to make money inside those chests is called the motifs. And so depending on if you're Ebonheart Pact, Old Mary Dominion or Daggerfall Covenant, you will get unique motifs to your faction. 
And so for that reason, it's kind of worth it to have at least one of every faction that you kind of play around with in the sewer and get all of your specific factions motifs so that way you have them all um, to unlock. But those things sell from anywhere from, say, 2,000 gold to 10,000 gold apiece if it's the boots or chest or whatever it is. And so that's another way to make money down there. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's just a little bit, but it adds up at the end of the day. It really does. Yeah, you could find out in like an hour's time being down there between all the different revenue streams that you have between Telvar, key frags, motifs that dropped, and then the ornates and intricates that you're selling um, and stuff like that. Like you end up coming away really well and you're like, that hour I might have made 200,000 gold, you know, mm. or 100,000 gold. I don't know what other activities in the game that I can make a hundred thousand gold in an hour, you know, other than lucking out and finding some rare or random drop or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, all of this too is a byproduct of just leveling in the sewers. This is all a byproduct of just leveling your a character, and I don't think that you get this byproduct if you're leveling your character elsewhere, you know in the world so um something else too is learning how to fight one-on-one and learning how to fight outnumbered and there's different ways to do that stuff i think those skills those are skills that you come into if you're queuing for your daily bgs and you're tackling different aspects every time you get there i normally have a checklist of things that i want to accomplish in a bg you know if i'm testing a build or testing a whatever and uh if if you're trying to get better at pvp use your battlegrounds in that capacity trying to get better at fighting one-on-one or trying to get better better at fighting outnumbered and we will get people that will ask us how do we 1vx and well my easy answer is if you can queue for a battleground and run around by yourself in the battleground and come out of the battleground with more kills than deaths, you know, you might be that much closer to 1vxing, you know. Uh, you have no teammates to rely on, no outside additional healing. It's just you versus the two other teams for the most part. And how do you fare? And then not how do you survive? because it'd be easy to avoid confrontation. There should be times where you throw yourself into outnumbered situations and see how you hold up. I do that same process testing builds. I wanna see how the build holds up and how it recovers, you know, and uh, what ultimates bring more value to the table in in what moment. And, um, but all of those lessons you're learning by doing your daily BGs and testing yourself and getting better, add up to as you're in the sewers leveling those random encounters you run into you're going to be that much better off surviving that icy had a point where it was a turning point for him a couple turning points but one being when he started blocking he just commented about this earlier today i think right yeah yeah as you started blocking more, you realize that I take immensely less, uh, so much less damage, you know, blocking. And then the other thing was um, when you started using line of sight, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's as if I automatically became a great, a good player. <laughs> 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 who, 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 who thought? You know, who to who to think it? Yeah, running around this tree ten times. Uh, look at me, I'm one vxing, ma. <laughs> yeah, right. And it, it's kind of interesting too, because even when you're fighting the banners, for example, whenever they hit you with a light attack, even on my, even on Santa, who's maxed out on resistances, a light attack will hit me for six k. Yeah. But if I block it, it comes down to like, 50, it's a little bit under 6k, but when I block it, it's about 2.5-ish, just under 3k. That's a significant difference, just blocking provides. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, block casting your abilities and using line of sight, those are things that you can really get good at in low-level BGs, just doing your dailies along the way. And then you can actually implement those lessons in the sewers as you're leveling and running into people or hunting, you know, whatever you decide to do. But um, And then fighting outnumbered and learning how to use your surroundings. If there's 10 people down, uh, I made this mistake earlier today. There was like 10... Um, I was on a DC character and there was 10 AD or however many, uh, 10 EP. They were down fighting Molag Ball or fighting banners or whatever. And they were taking a lot of damage. And against, it's not against my better judgment. I was hoping for a better outcome is what it was. But they were all really low. So I thought, oh, now's my chance to jump on them. You know, so I go down there, I kill one of them, and then I try and put damage into the next one. Didn't realize he was a Nightblade. He cloaks and disappears before I could kill him. Well, now I'm standing down in the open. No possible line of sight around me, you know, and all of them now, they do exactly what they're supposed to do. They target me. They forget about the NPCs and they target the player character, you know, another player. And so now I have to go in full evasive maneuver and I have to recover from the damage that's coming in and figure out how I'm going to line a site, funnel these people and how I'm going to burst them down by myself. And um, so that scenario was not a um, smart or good scenario for me. The better play would have been to um, try and kill the one dude that was super low from ranged and then see if I could bait any of them to come up and fight me in the tunnels uh, running in and around the corners and, you know, use, use things like that. And so anyways, um, how you use your surroundings and fighting outnumbered is super important. So um, I think that, what else do you have about that? Do you have anything that you... Like fighting outnumbered in general? Yeah, just, well, or just even leveling down in the sewers and different things that we touch base on. I think fighting outnumbered is probably um, an important, you don't want every single time that you fight outnumbered, you're just going to die and you have no hope of surviving. So I think at least having a basic understanding of how to fight outnumbered and use your surroundings, use your, you know, run like hell. I see, (laughs) I see. You know, if you're with people, you don't have to be faster than the enemy. You just got to be faster than the other people in your group. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you just got to be faster than Icy because he's going to be running for his life if well, we're being chased if by you're than, If you're faster than Icy, you're one of the fastest people in the group then because Icy's got wheels. So Yeah, yeah, especially now that I got Ring of the Wild Hunt on. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think it also just comes down to... 
just analyzing the 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 pre-fight, I guess I'll call it, right? If we see people, if we're just coming out of the, if we're approaching middle, Molog Ball Center, and we're in stealth and we see these guys fighting some banners on there, assess the situation. See what who's who's in your group. Are you solo or you're not solo? Who's got their ultimates up? How are you going to play it out? We're going to wait for somebody to get low, then we'll jump in. Or we'll wait till they kill Moloch Ball, and then right when he's about to explode, they're all going to get hit, and then we'll jump, them on, jump, on, jump at them at that point and take it from there. So, and also another thing, it, I think this was in um, a moment that we had several months ago. It was Senna and Storm Metro, and we came upon a 15-man Zerg at middle, and the only way we could fight them was to try to lure them back into the smaller corridors, and then hopefully we find a small group that came off to meet us. And we were successful in getting a small contingent, but only three or four people came. We killed them, and then the, they just they they rest back at base, and then everybody just stayed at middle, just like told you not to leave. <laughs> don't know, yeah. don't know what you guys were thinking, but yeah, yeah just trying to I think analyze. Or my my say would be try to analyze the situation before you go into a fight and try not to be so bloodlust and dive in and you know you get yourself killed or the whole team killed just because you didn't take five seconds to just kind of figure things out. So yeah, I agree. Um, as far as leveling in the sewers, though, I think that's it. We talked about the gear and all the prep that you would do for it. And as long as you do those things, I think you'll be fine. Um, a lot of people do not want to level in the sewers because there is potential PvP. And I think if you're going to do your daily BGs and get better at PvP, get rid of the nerves and get used to that random encounter. You know, And if it's a group and you get zerged down by a group, you get zerged down by a group. Maybe it's time to call in some friends. You know, and um, Also, yeah, and speaking of that, I know you... Um, you were talking about if you see a lobby, just kill him. Again, also with that, there's a consequence because if we're in our lobbies and you kill us, we're gonna log off, switch to our normal tunes, and we're gonna run you down. So just yeah. be careful who you kill if you see somebody on their lobby because they might be coming back in the next three minutes to gun you down. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes there's consequences to it, and um, that's part of the game, right? That's part of the excitement, I guess. So. I, uh, I I often say most time there's no consequence because I think we're the only ones who log off and log back on with our our regular guys and run them run them down. Yeah, so. especially when they teabag. There's no there's no need to be teabagging people, you know. And when they teabag, um, like I'm on a level 18 and this five star general, you know, <laughs> Nightblade 810 CP Nightblade kills me and then bags me. Really, dude? After really? after a five minute fight? After a five minute fight? Yeah, really? Yeah, I like you you squared up with a level eighteen. Congratulations. Yeah, I can't wait to. All EP Nightblades have to die now because I didn't get that guy's name. Sorry. <laughs> and we might never. So this this vendetta will most likely go on forever. Yeah, I just think that that's silly and. 
you know, he's going to teabag a level 18. And so if you're out there and you kill a level 20, a level 30 or whatever, you don't need to teabag them. You don't need to flex on them. Like they might not even have proper gear on. Wow. How tough are you? You know, they might not even have their ability set up to what they're going to be. It's not that you're so awesome and they're so weak. It's like they're a low B and they're not in the right neighborhood. Get them out of there. It's as simple as that. You don't have to teabag them also. Yeah. And also, if, say, it's not one of us and, like, an actual new person trying to check out the sewers, what do you think that kind of message is sending, right? Like, why am I getting teabagged by this somebody I don't even know? I just started this game. I'm level 25. What the heck is this? Is everybody here this toxic down here? Yeah. So. Yep. But... Uh, aside from that... I think that's everything. Any final yeah. words? or If you guys have any questions about leveling in the sewers or you want to run together, IC and I have AD and DC and EP. We have every faction. We have characters on those. If you want to see what we do in the sewers, you're more than welcome to come with us. Uh, we'll run around, kill people, get killed together, whatever. Just uh, leave a comment and let us know. We are on a, a PCNA. You know, but if you guys are interested in any other topics about leveling in the sewers, let us know and or you have questions and we'll try and answer them there. And then we got a special guest for next week. We're actually recording tomorrow morning, right? Is that Yes. That okay. is the that is the current plan. Hopefully things will go that way. Yeah. So should I tell them who? Is there going to be an expectation where they say, hey, what happened to this guy? Oh, things fell through, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I like to yeah. just keep it open-ended so we don't have we don't set the wrong message of like, hey, we're going to get Papa on. And then Papa's like, ah, I'm quitting the game or something like that. <laughs> All right, I guess. Oh, that conversation would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, so tune in next week to see who our special guest is. So, But I can tell you it's another... Um, great content creator who is very good at fighting outnumbered. And with that, I think we'll see you on the next one. See ya. See ya. You're going to say bye-bye, Argonians. Bye-bye, Argonians.